How's it going? That's all right. It's a nice day out, so that's a good thing. Yeah, the weather's beautiful. Weather's um, pretty stunning. Everyone has coronavirus, so that's, every, you know, it evens out. Yeah, the weather's beautiful just in time for everyone to go inside for a month. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Positive 2020. Everyone quarantined as it finally is nice and livable. Is that your hashtag? <laughs> Is that your hashtag is a hope, generally hopeless you know, person? Positive twenty twenty. It's the it has worst decision I ever made in my life to call to say this is the positive year. Yeah. So people were listening. Basically, like I think January second or third, as as Matt or anyone listening has noted, I, I can sometimes get a little darker negative. So I texted Matt. I was like, "It's going to be positive twenty twenty. I'm going to stay positive about everything this year." And that just was a, that just fucked me. You've been tested. This is your job. Maybe this is your job year. This is the year you get pestilence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Might misfortune. Be. Might be. To really test your will. Um, no, I, I think I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Or, or, or not. Or not. Or not. But many people will be with you. There's a lot of, uh, you know, unhappy people wondering what to do next you know that's true so, i started um, the year with a lot of like personal terrors and and personal bad news and 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 at least now there's a pandemic so i won't be <laughs> at least now it's shared among others uh but i want to quickly start uh so this is the podcast where we tell you how to make money <laughs> oh all right positive 2020 yeah, the subtitle of this is "Please, really, how do you make how money?" You Actually, make it should money. be called "How do you make money?" Not two, <laughs> just with a question mark at the end. How do you make money? <clears throat> um, I do want to quickly start by shouting out your uh, recent comic that just is it is did it hit the market yet or it's just been no announced? no comics are insane so they like, are weird but it, it doesn't come amazing. out till thanks yeah it's called bliss it, it doesn't really come out does. till june but the way comics work is you have to order it like three months in advance for it to mean anything to the right. it's a, it's an absurd system you have to call right but it's it's bliss it's from image comics right it's their new, yeah one of the new ones uh, i really encourage everyone to follow sean on twitter and instagram uh because he released some of the images including the cover art just is it just the cover you released it's amazing yeah the cover Looks i don't think great. i put pages up i'll put pages up pretty soon but yeah the artist for caitlin yarsky is just like unbelievable like yeah so incredible what's the uh, premise uh can you tell people yeah it's basically about addiction it's a it's about um it's about people who are taking this drug called bliss to kind of get rid of their memories but the way it works is their memories actually seep out of their skin and they drop into the the ground and fall into a river and they they float down the river left to to the goddess left who's like the goddess of oblivion so it's like the gods are creating this opioid addiction um, in order to like fatten themselves in a way on people's memories. Yeah, basically. Very cool. Yeah. It's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of dark, uh, happy spring. No, it really, um, <clears throat> yeah, your stuff is really great. And my, but I will say you've done amazing stuff. I, I think Caitlin Yarsky, this, this, this illustrator you've worked with, you also did Coyotes with, and she's she's my favorite of you who you've worked with. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great. yeah. She's really great. So, looks like a really cool thing. Um, yeah, and Matt's so, on yeah. TV, and Matt is on TV constantly. So, like NBC and ABC at this point, and, and coming up on Netflix. Uh, 
we, yeah, uh, not NBC, uh, CBS. Uh, CBS. Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've been in a couple episodes. I'm in a few episodes this season of Tommy on CBS. I just had one that aired uh, a few days ago, and it was fun. It was a fun few scenes and following this journalist who's chasing this kind of Epstein-level intrigue case. Uh, and we'll see if it ends well for me. God, you know? who knows? My uncle was really impressed with you on For Life. He works. He's a 911 operator and works in state a lot. And he's like, I work with a lot of mats. He's got it. He's really nebbish, and his, his clothes don't fit. Those are great choices. Did he really say that? But he, yeah, that was exactly oh, that's what funny. He's yeah. nebbish, and his clothes don't fit. Yeah, he was like, oh. his clothes are. Really, he was like, I know he doesn't do his clothes, but that's right on that his clothes don't really fit right. That's really. I'll tell the designer that uh, nothing fit. That's good. This highly paid specialist working on network television will be happy to hear what your uh, Emmett says. Um, well, that's it on. Uh, shout out to Emmett. I love Emmett. Yeah, he listens. Um, so let's talk about how to make money. And now let's also manage expectations. Um, and I, I think we should just discuss primarily uh, the film and, and like digital stuff we've done. But then we could also offshoot into the comics because the more viable forms that we have done. Uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, I will start by saying the reason this has kind of been repeated a few times, but I think Sean and I both jumped into filming more of our work versus theater because it seemed like the turnaround to getting it seen or getting eyeballs on it was faster. And I think that has been true as far as the level of exposure, as far as people who have seen your work. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think um, exposure for sure. And I think even like levels of opportunity, um, like more doors, I think more doors have opened from doing film, um, I, I, it's funny. I've made more money doing theater, but I definitely felt like with theater, theater is just a very weird business. Um, at times I felt like, you know, the more successful you got, the, it didn't necessarily open more doors, like, yeah. which was very strange. <clears throat> I was like, wait, this show I did just toured around the country and, and like I do a new show and and everyone's just like, wait, what? We don't want a new show. Like, why, <laughs> why'd you do that? Um, it, that was very confusing for me where I feel like with film, every time we make something, the response is, you know, people see it and then, you know, suddenly we're pitching an animated film somewhere, right? Like, which is something that happened right. to Matt and I after Tribeca, like we, 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 you know, so that, that has been interesting. Yeah, it has been. <clears throat> um, I came into this because <clears throat> as I've discussed, uh, I, for several years, I helped run Slam Theater Project, which is awesome and still still potentially viable for a little bit longer uh that being said that is a money loser running a theater uh there's just no way around it we we just never got to the point where sort of an angel investor helped usher us through this new level of um funding or introduced us to many funding pals we never got a really got a residency at a, at a kind of fixture theater in the city or out of town really and then once we started seeing what the bottom line was after very successful critical seasons, seeing what actually that amounted to in the bank account for the company was dispiriting to say the least for everybody, probably most deeply me, which is why kind of why I made uh, this move to film more of uh, the work we do. Now, the first thing we did together, obviously the, uh, these hopeless savages. So we've talked about the process of getting there, uh, fashioning it producing it the post-production the festival run it had which how many festivals did it play 
I think 28 on the right internationally. Yeah. Yeah. We were, yeah. And some festivals that are the highest ones were, I mean, where, uh, what were the, which are now uh, bigger festival, Twin Cities Film Festival. Twin there Cities, was right. I would say Twin Cities, Anchorage. Indie uh, Film, Indie Film Fest, the Indianapolis Film Festival. Yeah, Orlando. I mean, yeah. A lot of second tier, what would be called like second tier festivals. Right. That have since grown because that's yeah. kind of the way it goes. I think when you said like when, for instance, the Duplass brothers, when they did South by Southwest 15 years ago, they were this. They were a music festival, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. It definitely was not yet the, like a mega film festival. It was on its way. Like they were, they were really at the beginning of doing a lot of mumblecore stuff at at uh, South by and really legitimized. It, it kind of legitimized each other, right? In my mind, right. it's like I know for, and I, I say this from no expertise except for my own personal awareness, right? Like yeah. I, I was not really aware of South by Southwest being anything but a music festival until like film anthology in new york would start doing like mumblecore film like right like quiet city would show up and like you'd read about these guys and realize that a bunch of them were were meeting each other at at south by right exactly and since it's basically this kind of rising tide lifts all boats uh i think their rise kind of raised the profile of south by southwest and vice versa and they then usher in new (laughs) we're not going to get into the cancellation of south by southwest which just was announced because of the coronavirus fears which feel a little panicky but uh that's kind of insane but um the film festivals we played which are like mid-range like that's the thing firstly if your thing gets into any kind of festival that's amazing because what has happened now is as distribution models have moved away from movie theaters generally to just streaming there's a way to have to look at your run a film festival run as a way to that's kind of your theatrical run right isn't that kind of what it turned into for us i definitely turned, i mean yeah it definitely turned into a theatrical run for us because for basically like <laughs> six to eight, almost eight months we were in theaters around the country playing at these festivals right. and we, we had no distribution so there was no way to end up in a regal or a landmark cinema yeah <clears throat> so and again to be so if we're going to go through this from a financial lens what do film festivals pay you? <laughs> Nothing. They Nothing. don't pay anything. They don't pay you anything. <laughs> they don't give you. Um, I think if you play a major festival and you're out of town, like uh, they, I mean, I, we've never done Sundance or South by Southwest yet or Toronto, but uh, I think they will fly you in and maybe there's some housing worked out, but there, no one's no one's paying you. Yeah. Three of the festivals that Savage has got into paid for travel and housing. Did they? Yeah, Indianapolis did, Twin Cities did, and I think Orlando offered, but we didn't go. Right, that's pretty good. I, yeah. I well, I didn't, I didn't end up going to those, but you did, so that's that's actually good to know. Um, so you're not you. So these festivals happen. It's largely on your uh, dime, t- dime, and your time spent going to these. Um, so on just the pure financial level, you're not making money from these film festivals. Then when we finally released it, we thought, okay, what if we just take, become the, we remove the middleman, we become our own distributor. The first kind of like time we really did that was at this point, Vimeo on demand was a new thing. So we decided to just get it out there, charge, I forget what it was, like five ninety nine for the movie. If you wanted yeah. to buy it or rent it for like two bucks or something like that. And it was all like sort of just direct to a bank account. You could like have people buy your movie on a, you know, a high bandwidth platform. And so we had like 
a big kind of countdown on social media to the release. We had brand new imagery. We had like an association with this sports website called bigplay.com that would help promote us. Uh, trying some cross pollination with two startups. Um, and ultimately we like got out there and it's got some nice social media traction, the announcement. And what did we make from Vimeo on demand? Grand total. Oh, I mean, I think maybe $300. Yeah. I think it was like $300. We haven't checked. I mean, in a couple of years, it's probably maybe like a few extra bucks. I think eventually we just like shut that down. So this is the, this is the episode where we like, really show you what's happening um sure. and we made the movie for what three to five well five thousand total about five right? grand yeah yeah about five thousand dollars total so then we made so so what three thousand three hundred dollars basically selling it ourselves yeah. Vimeo on demand three hundred from vimeo we we did a couple of showings at theaters true but, and we made about two hundred dollars on that okay um so five hundred dollars total from that and then we did get a distribution deal and um, how much later was that that was uh, two years later right long long i mean from when we made the film we got the distribution deal in 2018 so four we made the film in 2014 so four years after making the film three years after its festival run we got a distributor right yeah we got a distributor and the the whole thing of going through distribution is really strange because like you never know if you're uh, we took the tact of that we might just never see any money because yeah. it's just strange. Sometimes like when you're playing festivals, you'll have distri- quote unquote distributors show up out of nowhere who are just like, yeah. Hey, we'll take the movie for you and we'll send it out. And like, we'll charge you for the posters of it. <laughs> you're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a distributor and I think we've gotten two payments from that two quarter. like, I guess not, they're not quarterly if they come ha- every half. But year. wait, quickly, what did they first, but the, their distribution rollout was first, <clears throat> was it digital first or was it, uh, DVD, DVD, and- DVD and Blu-ray. Right. So they wanted to do hard copy first. Yeah. And I will say there was something, I, I don't know that it means anything, but right. it was very awesome to have strangers that we know across the country sending us photos from like Portland, Oregon and like Denver saying like your movie, the Blu-ray of your movie is at my store. Yeah. That was really wild. I, and it was, Oh, I, I was like, Whoa, what are we going to be? Maybe we're going to make tens of thousands on this. Cause if, <laughs> if it's in some random place, some video store in Portland, like, <laughs> but w- so it was cool though. It's, and it's nice having a product on a shelf. That was really cool. So there's that yeah. satisfaction. But what do we make? So we've had like two kind of like quarters now where we've made, what have we made total? I think we've, I mean, I think um, we've made probably around 300, like just under $400 from those statements. We, we have not gotten the statement yet since they went to Amazon prime. So, right. So after the, the DVD Blu-ray release, which they rolled out for a few months, then they finally moved it into the digital realm and now it's finally on yeah. amazon prime which is exciting because it's the most exposure it'll ever have or has ever had we've now made nine hundred dollars i don't even know where it's gone <laughs> what's well, well, your you and your theater company kind of funded half funded. the movie so it's gone to yeah you most first. i mean like when we did the theatrical showings that money and some of the vimeo money i think went back towards some of the crew like, yeah. like the, the director of photography yeah um like, cause those, those people were invaluable and didn't make any money. So we yeah. kind of were like, you, you take the money off of this. Right. Um, basically it's you and I, like any money that we can even have even tried to claim is the stuff that's been coming since we got the distribution deal. Yeah. Um, 
so that's like the four hundred dollars and that has at this point just gone it has been a kind of like just starting to pay back the the debt of the movie so now we're about like nine hundred dollars for a five thousand dollar movie um and right we have now we're now in Amazon prime so but we don't yet know we don't have that report yet of what that means. Like their sale yeah. to Amazon Prime. I anticipate it's. I think it's it'll be pretty bad. Pretty bad be... <laughs> because my understanding is that um, it could be depending on your contract and your level of distributor. My sense is that it's basically hours watched at a certain. Once you hit a threshold of that, you will then get a certain amount of money. I don't, right. I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think calling it a sale is actually uh, a bit misleading. Yeah. I think like. The way it is is a lot of times. I mean, I think with a lot of smaller distributors, is like they they have libraries that they they approach like the Amazon or Netflix too, or they go through like things like Distriber, which is like an online platform yeah. that you can try and load movies throughout from to send out to all of these these streamers. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's just based off of it's kind of like a kind of like what YouTube does, right? It's like a certain number of watches start to create income, right? Uh, my guess is Savages has not set the Amazon world on fire. Um, I think we have two reviews. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to be frank. I mean, yeah. uh, I think it's great, but it's just sort of, I don't know, unless you are, unless, and again, unless there's a PR team behind you, Amazon's not working to promote this. They're, uh, they're, they're just trying to bank content, I, I'd imagine. Like their objective here is to basically pay you very little and i think maybe we, if we hit an hour like a thousand hour threshold of viewer of viewings we'll then make a few thousand dollars i, I don't really know exactly what the I, I i mean i don't even know that we would make that much off of it right um we should know, we like, should do enough that would be, that. Like a, yeah. that would be like a dollar per view yeah once we know it we can actually run right. through the, the the statement i think going through statements <clears> can be helpful because like when you get them it's funny, like they're either like really long and confusing or like they just have two numbers on them and you're like, okay, I guess this is, I guess this is what it is. Yeah. So basically that's where we are. We've made a $5,000 movie. We've made $900, maybe a few more bucks uh, down the line. If, you know, something we do, the next movie or next thing, whatever takes off. And this is something that Sean and I, in, I guess reassure ourselves with is that like, if there's some, Film, film or show that we make that sets the world on fire and this is for everyone to remember they then will like most people like you go to your back catalog like like marielle heller this director of a beautiful day in the neighborhood which is amazingly directed i then went back to what was that did you kill him that's out? my door that's my door my wife came oh, home wow. and needs to use the kitchen and so she's like i'm gonna put a blender on so you should go on the porch this oh, is how good. this podcast is Oh, that's nice, but I wouldn't even guess you're outside. That's really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right. So, uh, you know, you, you, you follow an off a tour you love, and then you look at their earliest films. That's how it works. So, you know, if, if something that we do breaks big, um, then we have faith that, like, then suddenly, like, a lot of people check out these hopeless savages a lot more than have already. So it's kind of cool that it at least lives out there should that happen, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's weird because they're like you and I have gone through this before. There's other things that, like in my, it's <clears> funny. <throat> the film itself, in direct dollars for viewing, has not made its money back, but right. most of it was funded by you and me, right? Like right. our own personal accounts. And right. it's at this point, I'm like, I feel like I've basically been paid back, right? Because like of other jobs that have happened, sure. or 
opportunities that it's created. Hundred percent. It's definitely made. It's yeah. Of course, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but indirectly, it's definitely gotten me jobs that have paid. I guess then suddenly beyond that profit margin, uh, and then yeah, and it's also just like uh, good fodder for a person who's interested in your work and they want to see something. Well, then you send them over to the Amazon Prime link, and like, there's your portfolio. It's a feature film, and here's a trailer of it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so that there's just a kind of uh, resume enhancing aspect to it living on a, on a viable platform. But yeah. Uh, but, and it's also just general encouragement. Like it's kind of amazing to make a movie that, you know, for so, so, so little money and have it end up on Amazon prime. It's, it definitely encourages you towards the next project. And the fact that we put fairly little at the time was a lot of skin in the game for us, but like relatively small amount of money and it's just ours. I don't feel like I, let anyone down like had we like had right. an investor pony up you know 50 grand and we were netting 900 dollars. you just feel like you just made enemies across the you know <laughs> across the country uh you know I, I so i think that's that also to me is kind of maybe i'm just a generally guilty person who's afraid everyone's mad at me all the time and i think you are too Oh, definitely. So I, I, I just I, I think that's probably a lot of our hesitation about getting investors is then suddenly being on the hook to like probably let them down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've definitely had some problems with like yeah. at times talking about even trying to raise money because, you know, that the, the idea of having to go back to a, a, a relative and be like, oh, we lost your 15 grand. Like, yeah, terrible. exactly. Uh yeah, because you want them to think you're successful and not, you know, a beggar with your hand out, you know. Yeah, um, generally. So uh, so that's the story of the film. And then so we'll just get to. Well, we could talk about Sad Dead, too, but let's just get to adult debt. Right. So as far as yeah. just like on a monetary level, uh, again, we've made that the first season for like fifteen hundred bucks. The second season. Uh, maybe it was like, yeah, four or $5,000. So basically skin of the game, let's just say, um, six, uh, 6,500, right? So <laughs> we got into the drive back at film festival. Amazing. Um, well, we obviously put it out on YouTube, et cetera. And you know, there's no money in that unless you're getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. Uh, Tribeca Film Festival happens. Amazing. That's a money loser because it's an incredible platform. Um, we'll get more into film festivals down the line, but, you know, you get you get two nice showings, mainly attended by your friends and family. Uh, we were in the Tribeca Now slot, so it's the it's a newer program, so they don't have the most ideal time slots. So they're, you know, we were like 9.45 at night, and then the next screening was like at 10:15, so not prime time movie going time and um are you there or are you uh, i'm here. yeah no i'm just listening you've got it you've got it covered i've got it. <laughs> um and yeah i mean they fet you they they create panels for you we'll get into that in a second but you know you're you have to like get people to buy tickets you're 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 in charge of like setting seats up for yourself if you want your reps to come if you want the cast to come you're basically, and there's very few freebies for those tickets too. I think we had like two comps per showing, right. you know? So we're then, you know, we don't want our cast to pay. So we're forking out some money to get people there. So I think frankly, the, so the movie, I mean, so adult ed in general production is like 6,500, the costs of making it happen and like 
the festival, getting the sound mix just right, et cetera, et cetera, almost hit like a thousand bucks, I think, with like ticketing and, um, you know, like having having a party like uh, that adds up. Yeah, just the general involvement of it. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's the thing that you don't think about, like. I, there's a lot of times when you're getting ready for festivals, like when you read up about what to do, they'll talk about putting away a budget just for oh yeah, not only post-production, but for like festival submissions, but not just submissions. If you plan on going, Oh yeah. That's a whole nother budget. Right. And, yeah. and that's a, and it's a pretty important thing. Like I will say, like there is a part of me that at times that feels like we missed some opportunities with savages because like, we just didn't have the money to go places. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's where a lot of networking happens. And like the festivals we were going to, the networking was not going to be towards distribution, but it was going to be more about like collaborators and possibly working on other people's films. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. meeting another filmmaker, like, cause the few festivals I did go to, I made relationships with people who'd be like, Hey, we're making a film in like three months. Like you should be involved. Sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't, but, but that, you know, and when you read about like, especially like, you know, like if people know who out, like Alex Karpovsky is a really good example of this. Yeah. He's an actor who was on Girls. He's he was on La- the the season of Homecoming that came out on Amazon. Like he came up in the indie film world, and he would meet people like Lena Dunham and these other indie filmmakers at these festivals, right. and they would get to know each other and like each other. And then when they got like a TV show on HBO, they were like, "Alex is great. Why don't we just bring in Alex?" Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's obviously an indirect uh, payment for <clears throat> for getting yourself out there. Um, yeah, so there's, there's money out for the festival. I mean, and it can be a thrilling experience to get into Sundance, Tribeca, et cetera. And then you're like, oh, I have to convert it. Luckily, Tribeca, we had a, we had a digital version of it, but even getting the specs up to the stereo sound system that it's going to be in the theater, because this thing is made for online, but suddenly you're realizing this has to be a theatrically presented event. And the sound mix was completely different. So that was a stressful two weeks. I feel like I was doing it it was in new Orleans, like working on it out of town. And our, our editor was like with the footage, but he was like working for Spotify overseas. It was, oh, yeah, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough time. It's funny. This episode is very much becoming like, how do you lose money? How do you just constantly yeah. lose money doing that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, people need to know. And um, yeah. So, but you know, there's costs and luckily, but yeah, sometimes with, um, theater releases you have to turn it into the dcp is that called and that's like thousands of dollars thousands thousands so yeah i got into sundance five thousand dollars later you're at sundance and it's your mom and dad in the audience maybe you know of course (laughs) there's like some people that are you know sundance is a different thing but uh yeah so that's that's the financial reality and then adult ed we then did a self-release and then we found some um new digital platform for which uh, uh, from which we now have a distribution it's fearless um it's this new indie film and television app that works on your ipad your iphone and it's it's basically taken a lot of yeah festival festival proven winners and and attendees and just giving them a platform that's a little more elevated than vimeo or just uh you know youtube yeah, I mean, I think they're one of many that are trying to get in and yeah. figure out how do you become like the IFC channel or the Sundance channel, but for your phone. Yes, yes. Um, so we're kind of a guinea pig. We're one of, I mean, we're not the first, but we're they're definitely in their early stages. Yeah, uh, for sure. And we're kind of there at that point. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. Like Matt, Matt reached out the other day. To yeah, and to get to, to talk money. turkey. Yeah. Well, we 
I reached out to because it's now been on there almost a full quarter. Uh, and, you know, they're, everyone's doing what they can. We're all like in this together. Just the reality is I reached out to be like, OK, so I thought like we get to maybe metrics. It's the first quarter. What are the metrics? What are our payouts? Because we're not on a major payout system. You know, it's like it's like cents on every view kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, but maybe you never know. And they're like, well, we don't do payouts until you hit your hundred dollar threshold. And I was like, okay. And then I wrote, I was like, oh, so that means, so I'm assuming we haven't hit the hundred dollar threshold. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be correct. Yeah. Um, so we'll let you know when you do. So, you know, we're on this platform that is uh, obviously like nice to say that we've achieved a level of distribution, but the fact is we've made less than a hundred dollars on that one so far after three months of distribution. Um, so that's, that's where we are. So right now we're at a net six seventy four hundred loss right now for adult ed. <laughs> Yeah. So and these are about four on Savages. So we're about $11,000 behind on our film. Yeah. Television career. Yeah. This is why I just give you the numbers of why you should be sad, Sean. This is with that episode. Positive 2020. Positive 2020. So, so that is just the, I don't really think there's anything else worth, you know, discussing as far as, but that is the financial reality of where we are. Now, of course, it's so belabored to say like, yes, but we've been paid an exposure. And, and what I'll say about that is, yes, the truth is we have. What I will say, though, is that oftentimes, like, frankly, like improv theaters or <laughs> open open mic nights, uh, right. a lot of other places that quote or like, real, frankly, like highly distributed blogs that barely pay you like, you know, 100 bucks for your article. Right. And they say, we pay you expo exposure. And then you sort of feel abused. However, that's somebody else paying you an exposure. But what we've done, which I feel like does make it feel more satisfying than the dollar amount, is that we've paid ourselves an exposure, you know? So I think the problem is, is when we use this kind of catch-all phrase of like, don't just do things for exposure, because this happens in comic books too, where like, I know writers and artists who all meet at cons who get really frustrated and they're like, yeah, people just expect me yeah. to like make a comic for exposure. And I can't eat my exposure. And, and at times I think it can be misguided because there's a difference. Like what you're talking about, with like the blogs and like, it's definitely been a huge thing in the improv world is that like in those situations, the, the real problem is that there's someone who is making Correct. money off of the work you're doing yeah. and you're not seeing any of it, right? Like your house team is performing at an improv theater. You perform there every single week and they charge tickets and you, and you literally never see a dollar off of it. It's, it's funneling into yeah. a, a pot you are not part yeah. of. That's, that's a real problem. I think when we're doing these kind of indie things, you know, it's, it, it's like <laughs> people are hearing, like, yeah. no one's making money off of it. Um, and the idea has always been like deals we've made with people that we've worked with have always been like, this will be a sharing. Like once, once there is profit, this yeah. is kind of going to become communal of some part. Um, and I think like those things are important because like it, it, you have to look, it's so easy for everyone to yes. make stuff now, right? That like you have to kind of do things for exposure. I think the being in control of the means of that and how you go about it is a different 100%. If you're going to be an animal. artist that fancies yourself, uh, a, you know, a kind of multi hyphenate person of like actor, writer, producer, director, etc. You have to expect that most of those are not going to pay you anything for a long time uh, because you just, yeah. <laughs> yes, if you can get firing on all cylinders, sure. But if you're going to sort of like, yeah, spread yourself, um, you can't expect it all to just be remunerative right away. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think also if you, especially if you're trying to do it on a really large scale, like I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that I'm like, if you and I had been living in the same city and our idea had been, hey, we want Savages or Ed to become like this event fun thing that happened that we that we're presenting in a multitude of ways yeah. and that we're controlling every aspect of in say yeah. the part of Brooklyn that you live right then you and I would go like okay maybe we can go down to a local like indie movie theater or comedy club and we'll do showings of it where we talk and we'll give there would be other things we would build around it that that could eventually actually bring sure. the money that would pay off that film but but we approached it in a more traditional sense, right? Of like, no, we're going to make this thing. We're not going to travel on with it or do road shows or do anything extra. We're going to just try and get it on a streaming platform and these other things and, and let it make money that way. And as I think we've learned, we're like, you know, when you are just two guys and you have a film that was, you know, has no stars in it, like that's a yeah. different animal. You know, it's a difference between creating niche and cutting out all the other hands yeah. that are reaching in the pocket versus trying to play large and i, I think that there's a constant yeah, push pull between those things and it seems like unfortunately <laughs> well speaking of niche i mean we uh you know i i think we both really agree to this is that like we talked about it in the last episode like really let your your freak flag fly for for lack of a better term be as specific to your voice as you can because at, at with such a saturation of creators out there now like you, you can't try to appeal to a mass audience anymore. Like that's just kind of over because of the choice that the internet is afforded everyone. And I think the more uh, specific you can be in your approach and the more like you can approach a niche of people that are, are maybe small, like a small audience, but will build. If you keep going at whatever, um, whatever passion you have and you continually put out the work and like share it, with for sure a small but passionate um, amount of followers that will grow if you just keep doing it it will grow um yeah i think that's true and i think also you can play different economic games with it meaning like what what is the overall goal of it because it can also be that like it's not necessarily a matter of that group if you're working on a niche because this is a big part of comics right like right. a lot of people don't buy comics like that's just the reality of it so like the question that you run into with that a lot of the times is like, you can either make, try and build your audience out, 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 or you can try and make more specific things for the yeah. people who love what you do so that they spend more yeah. money towards the thing that you do, right? Like I have a hundred people who are willing to spend $10 a month on what I do. Is that better or, or is that what I want in relation to, or I could find a thousand people who are only willing to spend a yeah. dollar towards what right. I do every month. Right. You know, and that, and that's a, I mean, you know, and that's uh, a tricky thing, but I think it's a, a big part of like how, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I, have you been following at all what Kevin no. Smith from Clerks has no. been doing with his most movie? Yeah. So this is an interesting example of this, right? So people who, who know of Kevin Smith, like he made Clerks and like Dogma and Mallrats and all that. And then like, obviously it's kind of like those movies aren't as popular as they were. So his most recent movie is he re, it's literally called right. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, right? <laughs> And like, so my, my uncle actually knows like Brian O'Halloran who's in like the Clerks movie. So I, I get feedback yeah. on like how things are going at times from, from him. And what's interesting is like, they couldn't really get distribution, at least not in any kind of way oh. that was going to make financial sense for them, right? Like they were kind of like, if we get distribution for Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, at best, it's going to be yeah. in a small amount of theaters yeah. 
for like a weekend, right? And we're going to have to go to yeah. VOD and hope that that pays for everything. And what they did instead is they were like, you know what? We have some people who adamantly love our movies and love us. So what if J Jason yeah. Muse, who plays Jay, and, and Kevin Smith, they were like, what if we just travel with the film to a bunch of theaters across yeah. the country, kind of like a rock band, and show the film that way, but we charge a higher amount of money? So kind of knowing, like, we don't think we're going to grow our audience. Like, that's basically what it is, is like going like, we don't think we're going to suddenly, if there's 100 people who, who love yeah. everything yeah. we do in Albany, New York, right, and we're going to show we don't suddenly assume that a couple of like that $5,000 or $100,000 of commercials or whatever is going to turn that 100 yeah. into like 5,000. So instead they're going like, well, what if the hundred people we went to and we're like, yeah. we're going to create this entire event around you. That is like the length of the film and maybe with a touch more, but instead of spending $10 on yeah. your film ticket, it's going to be mm -hmm. 50. And that's kind of how they built this entire what? rollout. And it was so successful that they're all looking at doing it with the right with yeah the roadshow idea that's forward. fascinating i love that because that that you know there's this kind of mo uh, whatever model of like a thousand true fans um which we talk about and it's really like okay. if you can get work your way up i mean i don't know where we're at maybe we're at dozens or a hundred <laughs> but if you can work your way up to a thousand and a true fan <laughs> means like those people who are showing up in albany new york to see jay and silent bob um you can then not that you're going to have to right. like hose these people for more money, but like these are people interested and waiting for the new work you have to put out and are willing to share their income to, to experience that. And I think it's important yeah. too. I don't think it's a hosing. Like, I think that, I think the, the uh, uh, very negative approach is to think of it as like, Oh, they're just like figuring out how to shake them down. Where I think actually when you have a really niche audience and you're honest about the fact of it, I actually think it makes you think of like, how do we plan the event Either. solely for them? Like, how do we plan an event? Yeah, how do we make the event exactly yeah. what they would dream of and want so that it's worth it? We're, we're giving them everything that they would want for that money. Because you, if you want to do it more than once, you have to kind of, I mean, I feel like that's what bands do, right? Is they, they're thinking as they're yeah. going on tour, like, how, how do we make this concert exactly. exactly what our fans want so that when the next album comes out that like they yeah. continue to be fans like for, for as long as we're yeah, doing I mean, the, this the, the very merch idea is sort of like how do you enhance um the experience for the the really passionate ones i mean that's as old as you know i mean that, right. that's been a struggle with like how do you sell music anymore you know like well you can yeah of course you can do your apple uh, i music uh, itunes or Apple Music subscription, but you can also buy the vinyl, which will have interviews with Tame Impala on the back end of it, and it's like a thirty-dollar piece of music. Well, you know, it's, it's a it's an item. It's a a curated collector's thing. You know, I think this gets to the heart of what's actually useful about this episode, right? It's like I think all the things we talked about on a very logistical level of like if approaching a film is is really great, but I do think also even before you're if you're thinking of a th of a career in the arts or you're already in one and just going like, how the fuck do I make money? Because this is something that we run into is like, I have friends, I have a good friend. I won't, I won't out him on this. Who's like what I would call like a world-class playwright. Like he, he's, he's, he's basically as high of a level playwright as you can get. And he's teaching some master's classes now. And we had a phone conversation like a couple of weeks ago, a texting conversation. And he was saying to me, he's like, you know, the way that I came up in yeah. the business does not exist anymore. Like 100%. I'd have to figure out, whole new way to do it and I, 
and I'm having to figure out that on my feet yeah. with my students because they're terrified. Right. And there's a lot of us who are in the business. Like you even said that, like, there's a lot of people that you meet with about how to make a web series or film who are kind of pivoting. Right. Like they were they were going about an acting career in one way. And some of those avenues, whether it's the change of money from streaming or, yeah. or like the closing of certain theaters or whatever, is they're like, I've got to pivot. Right. Because I'm like I'm like 35 or 40 years old yeah. and I've been doing only this for 15 years. Some of the ways I used to make money either are shrinking or they don't exist. And so like, how do I move? And I do think like the, the, the concept of fandom and especially if you want to make your own work is like such a big and important thing that we are yeah. all trying to figure out and need to is like, how do I find the people who, not that I'm, you know, I think our guilt sometimes gets us into like, I don't like to think mm -hmm. about it in economic terms when it's a human being. Yeah. It's like, how do I find the tribe, right? Like, how do I find the people who like, I'm making a thing yeah. that really helps their life, right? Or in any type of way that means like pure entertainment, educational, whatever. And then how am I making it in a way that's so valuable that like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a reasonable mm -hmm. transaction for both of us. Right. Like it makes it valuable for me to do because the transaction is is covering expenses that I need. And it's it's giving them enough of enjoyment or anything else that like it, it, that they're getting what they what they need yeah. for the money that they're giving up, I think, is a really, really big thing. And I, I think the band concept is a huge thing. Right. It's like you and I are both collectors. I, I, I'm, I'm less music, but a lot more like books and and, uh, and comic books and things like that. And like I get. I mean, there is something about how you make an experience of a book that makes me want oh, yeah. to support it as Definitely. much as possible. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a big thing, I think, is just like, what? who are the people that are starting to, to trailblaze the way that you can get your, and your I think art out we into the world? Have, and I think in many ways, I think the podcast has become was sort of an offshoot of that. It's kind of like an enhanced experience of like the creators behind you know, this web series that you liked, you know, um, not that anyone has to pay for this, but. No, but it's also, but I mean, we talk about your TV shows and the more people who watch right. that is helpful right. to you. Right. And we, you mentioned my comic book at the top of this. And like, obviously that's part of it is like, does Sean sound like he has anything interesting to say? Maybe a comic book of yeah, his would have something interesting to say. Like, it's an interesting thing that that you know is happening in the world in that sense is like how your personality who you are using podcasts or like i know people do a lot of self-publishing in like the oh, business world like that's a huge thing in the business world is that people, oh it's massive is like people who um you know have want to go out on paid speaking tours or whatnot on like how to how to you know how to make your company more efficient like what they do is they they make ebooks wow. that are for free on Amazon and they try and get yeah. as many readers as possible for that and kind of build yeah. a base through the eBooks. And then they use that to go out and tour. And like, you know, artists are starting to kind of do similar, like those types of things. Similarly, like in comic books, when people ask me about how to get a publishing deal anymore, I'm like, you should probably put up yeah. a web comic for free, which then runs into like the exposure issues. Like, but who's going to pay me to do the web comic? And it's really hard to hear. Like, well, no one, that's the investment. Yeah. Right? Like that's the, Yes, it's an investment. The thing I think it's the, the root of this all is that any, 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 any business, I mean, restaurants, the worst example of that, but like any small business, there is money out for a long time. There's money, sweat and time. A lot of it for years. But what if that's not a bad, I, I don't, 
what if you're what if, I, i'll argue with you on that because you said the restaurant business is a bad one to look at that well, but i, I in terms you're of actually artists, right I don't I don't think think restaurants i mean far off succeed well in the arts too you're right i guess i'm just yeah so if you or or they say or isn't I feel like I've always heard that like in restaurants like it, it can take like five yeah. years before you finally yeah. turn your profit or something like that. And I'm like, as an yeah. artist, I'm like, how long was I doing yeah, this before it's someone actually that actually paid feels me more to do a it. comparison than any of them, to be honest. Uh yeah. And there can be fires in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh just like anywhere. Absolutely. The taste, like your restaurant yeah. can go out well, I of think style. Also, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like and like, you have to, you have to be nimble and supple and like work with what's changing. And the internet has made that so, so much faster. Like trends have changed so quickly. So if you can find a way to kind of dance with it versus like be rigidly adhering to like a way of doing business. Like, frankly, I don't think like you and me are cut out for this kind of traditional we make a movie and then we hope to get into three major festivals and then hopefully some white knight savior comes in and distributes us and we make $150,000. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the way for us, you know? I mean, well, I, I think it's, I think we, I think that's a full-time job. I think that's a, I think going to festival, like we've talked about this yeah, before. Sure. Like, hey, what if we wrote a horror movie, right? Like easier to, right. easier to sell, like, um, has a built-in audience. Like, so what if we make a horror movie and we go to the festivals and our goal is to get it to Shudder, which is a streaming platform like Amazon, and we kind of understand the money of that so we can budget around it. And the problem I run into more and more is like, I, I'm not against making the movie and I like the I like genre and all that. The bigger thing is I'm like, oh, that's a year where that's all I'm doing and 100%. what are the actual yep. margins of return? Yep. Yeah, because time spent on one thing is, is time you know. taken away from another. Which... Well, and also because it gets into like the facts of, I mean, this is how you make money. I mean, clearly we've already proven that you and I do not make money with well, the, we, the podcast. I will be right honest, now. we have made nearly uh, three dollars off of this podcast so far. So let's just yes, you know, let's just add Thank that to you the everybody. Tally. Yeah, so keep writing those reviews and telling your friends that three dollars comes six. <laughs> but you know, just looking months. at the statistical listenership. Uh, you know, that those numbers are encouraging and like it's kind of grown at a rate. It's so funny. Like when we post about it, like on social media, which is a, we should get into a next one. But nobody, no one cares. No one <laughs> likes, no one even. It's just I, maybe the algorithm doesn't let you kind of promote your own thing, which is probably true. But it's more just like when the thing shows up in people's phones, they just the people who care, like 25 of them notice. And they're like, oh, I yeah. want to do that. I I do not. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the algorithm. I, I don't think it's the algorithm. I think oh. podcasts grow. Well, the good thing with us is that we're always behind mouth. the trend. You know, I think that'll set us apart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we got into podcasting like ten years after. And I think we got into web series basically like after people yeah. stopped. We're kind of the like the resurgence trend. It's like it um, happens so and then people get sick of it and then people are like, oh yeah, web series. I mean, the last. The last thing I talked to Matt about was trying to start a literary journal. <laughs> you said they're all closing. So I, I think like our business acting um, might not be the, the best, but like you still make the yeah. brunt of your living by acting, right? Like and yeah. acting mm -hmm. on TV primarily. Yeah. It's, it's all of it. I make most of my living yeah. off of writing comics. Uh, 100%. Um, and that's a big part of, a big part of, of that is just also having those other, I mean, avenues that you can trust in that also feed each other. I mean, the comic books that I make also get better 
It's true though. The comics I've made are better because of I my bet. experience. Yeah, you statistically know how to tell a story probably better than you used to. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I understand what camera angles do, and which is I never realized when I was a reader of comic book is is so much of what writing a comic book is. Um, yeah, and and you know it's so it's so it's also thinking of that like there's going to be sunken costs, but like if you're already work, I guess for those people who are pivoting, it, that's a big question, right? Is like how do you continue to at least make enough money doing what you have been doing as you're trying to expand it or move into a, a more lucrative yep. direction yep. of the same field, right? And hundred percent, that's a big question. I think. Um you are starting to break up and I have to actually move my car because I live in New York city and I have a car like a piece yeah. of shit. So I'm one of those guys in this uh, alternate side. Ugh. That's where all the people in Albany and, and Philadelphia that you make fun of are just like, yeah, yeah move your car. You um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a, this was a good talk. I like this.